Hello and welcome to the Complaint Desk. Drop your complaints in the bin on your way out. We're just two worship pastors discussing all things worship and church leadership. I'm Danny, I'm here with Doug, and we're here to help you navigate the life and ministry of a worship pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump right in. Compadre. What it is. What it is. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, welcome back. I'm glad you decided to join us this week. Uh, It's rough. rough. (laughs) And I'm not even pursuing a doctor's degree, so. (laughs) Uh, Yep. Sorry about last week. I uh, I did get started last week and uh, didn't exactly have a perfect start, but I got started. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah, I thought I was going to be in class Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for my first seminar, and I went. I drove all the way to Wake Forest Monday to try to find out where my class was. I log in and it says, you don't have class today. I'm like, you don't have class today. Yeah. <laughs> I deleted the wrong one from my calendar, so I was in class Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, sorry about that. I wouldn't have told anybody that. Nah, man. You know what? I got to blame it. it on Southeastern. I got to own it. I man, I can't blame yeah. it. Yeah. Just it's good. I miss those days of sitting in those classes like that. It's uh, eight hours a day, three days in a row. Or... I told you we could put some Dua Leap on. We'd probably no. get in trouble for copyright, but we could. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no doubt, we, we could rock some Dua Leap there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we don't have rights to uh, to play that. But. <laughs> Neither does she on sometimes. No, right? yeah, clear, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm oh, in. Uh, glad to be back today, man, and uh, glad yep. to be jumping right back in. So let's talk about God's word, and um, I'm just going to share a little bit. Uh, uh, maybe a lot of bit. Um, a lot of bit. <laughs> yeah. From uh, Deuteronomy 34, you know, I'm in, in this chronological reading plan this year. Um, and this is the very end of Deuteronomy. This is right before um, Joshua takes over as the, the leader uh, because Moses here is going to the mountain to die. And um, I just want to read this passage starting in verse one. I don't, it's not a very What a great way chapter. to go, by the way. I know. I, I love the end of it. I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. And he got it forecast that he was going to die. So everybody knew it. <laughs> yeah, and they still don't know where he's buried. Right. So it says this, And Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negeb and the plain that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. And the Lord said to him, This is the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old. His eye was undimmed, his vigor unabated, and the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there has not, I love this line, 
There has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Hmm. Who wrote the Pentateuch? Yeah. Moses. Moses. (laughs) There has not been a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, to all his servants, to all his land, and for the mighty power, all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. What a great passage. I mean, there's just so much in there. You know, God shows him, look, I have been faithful. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's the land that I swore to give you. You can see it all. Come up here on this mountain. You can see every bit of it. He shows him all of it. And, uh, And Moses, he was not sick he was not his eyes didn't dim and and his vigor unabated i mean he was he was in great health and god said you're coming with me i I think it's key there because if he would have began to decline and walking and and vision and hearing people would have said well he just died of old age I, i think god did that on purpose to show he was full of life just as you but i took him yeah. It was his time to go. That's neat to think about. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, they said they don't, no, no idea. No, nobody knows the place of his burial to this day. Um, you know, wonder if well, he was the, just taken like Enoch. Yeah, Israel thinks they know where David's buried. I've been there. I don't know if he's yeah. buried there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it could be. Yeah, could be the area. But I also love this passage at the end. It said, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. Mm. He passed that on, right? He had he had Passing next the in mantle line. of leadership. Oh, the mantle! You're getting into Elijah and Elisha talk there. Mm-hmm. But it's good stuff, man. I mean this this passage it, it is kind of the if you will the end of an era with Moses. But I mean God is faithful. Yeah. Even when Moses is not the reason, if you remember, I think we've talked about this before. The reason he didn't see the promised land was because he was disobedient to the Lord. Uh, because God told him to speak to the rock and it would bring forth water, and he struck it instead like he had done before. And uh, that disobedience, that failure failure to regard God as holy is what kept him from the promised land. So um, mm-hmm. just just a great passage, man. I mean, look, my, I, I find more love for the Old Testament every day, just the more I read. I, I think it's interesting how his leadership, and I've always, I know this is a, a lot of people don't come to the section of Moses and Moses' life to look towards leadership. But if you think about it, God took a murderer who buried a Egyptian yep. soldier in the ground yep. and ran and hid for numbers <laughs> of years. Scared. And yeah, I mean, I would too, <laughs> yeah. but it took that, that murderer and made a great leader out of him. And he still messed up. He still disobeyed God, yep. but it, it mimics how leadership should be chosen, picked, and mm-hmm. how leadership should be carried out, as opposed to maybe, not, I don't even want to say today, but but how how we might pick leaders, and you know we think the most successful, the most you know we kind of pick it like David and Saul. I was gonna say we picked them just like the sense. Israelites did. Yeah, yeah. He's handsome. He's well spoken. He's all together. He he's he tall. hobnobs with the right people. <laughs> right. Yeah. So God picked a murderer and then turns around and picked David, who ultimately ended up being a murderer and adulterer and um, all sorts of things. Yeah. So, interesting. It's good stuff, man. What you got for us today? 
Nothing is grandiose. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I ended up in this section. Oh, I do. It was the Spirit leading me. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, First so Corinthians chapter three, one through nine, talking about division in the church, and we're talking about mm-hmm. a little bit of unity today in the music and stuff. But First um, Corinthians three, one through nine. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. Um and infants in Christ, which is not a not a positive comment. Yeah. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready for it, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, and you not you're not of the flesh and behaving only in the human way. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? Verse five, what then is Apollos? What is what is Paul? Servants through whom you have through whom you have believed, as the Lord assigned each. I planted Apollos, watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Well, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Goes into a lot more there. Mm-hmm. But I'm always, as I read through Scripture, at least the things that kind of, we, th- we always have things that, that stick out to us. And I was reading this, and it, and it kind of stuck out to me. Hey, big parenthesis, parenthetical comment is, this is not about you. Mm. Really, ever. I don't subscribe to the the thought, and I'm a little different maybe than others. When when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I, I know God loves us. I know Christ had had that that sentiment and that thought. But I think his most and biggest motivation was obedience to God, glorifying God, glorifying the Father, yeah, right. glorifying God. Yeah. He was not up there being all sentimental as we humans sometimes do. Mortal humans do. Thinking about, oh, I love Danny and Doug so much, and they're going to create this podcast one day, and here's why I'm dying, you know. And I'm being jokeful a little bit, jestful, but I, it's it's really about obedience to God. It is not about us. Yeah. Like Moses, like me, like you, and I'm not trying to compare the it's apples to oranges in, oh, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not about us. It it is solely about God and His glory. Um. He can use us. He cannot use us. Our pastor says every Sunday morning about it during the welcome time, we Baptists have to mention giving, right? You know. <laughs> so he mentions that every Sunday, God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need our, our assets. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need us. He could simply exist all on his own, mm-hmm. never having created us or anything, and be completely 100% fine whatever fine is <clears throat> pardon me but or or you know by him all things consist you know we talk about all that yeah. stuff it just hits me there that that man god really does not he is sufficient on his own he is self-sufficient he does not need yes. me yeah yeah so it it what it does it puts me in my place it, yeah. it, it humbly puts me in my place that as a worship leader god doesn't need me to do this as yeah. a singer god doesn't need you to do that Right. We get the opportunity to do that. 
lead every Sunday morning. Band play, tech people do their things. We get the pleasure of doing this for God every every moment of our life. Yeah. Waxing eloquent, I know. Well, that's our podcast for today because it's pretty much what I was going to say for the rest of it. So. Thanks for tuning in today, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Fifteen minutes, thirty seconds. (laughs) Yep. Yep. No, that's that's actually good, and that's a perfect segue. I didn't know you were going to go in all that today, Um, but it's it's good because it leads. Surprise you every now and then. No. (laughs) You don't surprise me. It just surprises me how sometimes it just works out. You know what I mean? How God Mm -hmm. works it all out. uh, I mean, I, I don't really believe in luck. Luck is not a thing. No. Um, so, you know, just trust that it, by God's providence, it is it is what it is, right? Same with Sunday yep. morning. You know, sometimes the way things just mesh in ways you don't expect, that's the providence of God as he, as he works it together, yeah. right? But as we talk about that today, our topic is, you know, how singing brings us together. But really, I'm going to go uh, – maybe higher level than that. I'm not going to zero in quite that much Um, because one of the things I do want to talk about is essentially unity in the church, right? Mm. Um, And that plays out, functionally that plays out in worship. And and I'll get to that, but but primarily I want to talk about just unity in the church and I'm going to try not to preach a sermon here. But but it may may come across that way a little bit. But as I've, I've been thinking a lot about this, you know, I'm doing my, I'm doing my schoolwork in um, discipleship, doctor of education, discipleship, and and I have been thinking a lot about this, and so I apologize, but for the next three years, you're probably going to get a lot of this. <laughs> I'll try to give some comical break, <laughs> but 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 this is what is weighing heavily on my mind, and the, re- the whole reason I'm even pursuing this degree is because of. Um, the perceived, what I perceive as a lack of true discipleship in the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, and really it comes and down to, oh, no doubt. And it comes down to what is discipleship? I mean, discipleship at its core is the entirety of the Christian life, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as much as we are in the flesh, that's where we still have work to do, right? And that fluctuates. So it's more or less... Any given day, um, I might be, man, I might be doing really good in the morning, and then by the end of the day, you mm-hmm. might be saying, "Do you really know Jesus?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, am I even saved? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot that goes into this, but at its core, discipleship is what it means to be a Christian. Like, there's no necessarily level of discipleship. Sanctification is a process, right? Mm-hmm. And that process is us growing in the faith. But what we as Americans, we typically get hung up on, let's just say Western church, because it's not just Americans. It's the mm-hmm. Western church in general. And I think um, in a lot of ways, maybe not in um, Middle Eastern context, maybe not in Asian context, but individuality is such a sought-after commodity if you will right what makes you you what makes me me and 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 let's celebrate that let's celebrate the diversity let's celebrate the differences now that that i don't mean that to sound maybe as negative as it just did but but what we are so focused on individuality 
you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to be. Mm-hmm. You can't. And what does the Bible do? It, it tells you what to be. Uh, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah. and that's that's the point, right? Is is we we've got to get away from that cultural pull of individuality. It spills, it spills into church because when we walk in the door, I was thinking about as I was reading some of your comments. It, when we walk into church, we automatically think, I don't like this, <laughs> or I would rather do this, or I want this this way, or in the positive sense, I like this. Yeah. Realizing it's not, why, why? There, there is no like, dislike. I mean, I, I get it. We're all people who like individual things. Nothing wrong with that. But sure. again, in, in worship to God, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's it's the, the method can change, right? Right. So let's dig into that though, because at the core, at the at the core of the Christian life, is the call to come and die, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that sounds harsh, but in a way, that's exactly what it is. I want to read this passage out of Luke here. I might skip around a little bit, but um, it says this: uh, Luke chapter nine. Uh, it says, now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked him, who do the crowd say that I am? You remember this pastor. They answered, John the mm-hmm. Baptist, others say Elijah, uh, and others that uh, one of the prophets of old has risen, has come back from the dead. <laughs> he said to them, but who do you say I am? And Peter answered, the Christ, the Son of God. Yep. Amen, right? He strictly yep. charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things. And be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, here's key, whoever loses his life for my sake, for Christ's sake, will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself or his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. That's the call, right? The call is you come to me. I have control. Me, Jesus. I have control. And you give up the rest of you. The call to be a Christian disciple is ultimately about others, right? Mm. Yep. And and not in an I don't matter sort of way, but in a I am becoming so much like Christ that whatever I want is irrelevant, right? It's it's setting, I'm in, setting self aside, yeah. It's dying to self daily. Mm-hmm. So, so we do that. We, we set ourselves aside. We set our wants. We set our desires aside so that by our self-sacrifice, if you will, some might be saved. And not only that, it's for the good of the body, right? The passage you read, Deuteronomy um, 34, yeah. Mo- Moses had to do that. Yeah. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to lead the people. He didn't want to do all this. He came up with all the excuses of why he shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, he did. And, and this is essentially what God was saying. This is what I want you to do with your life. And it's suffer all the things that you're going to go through with Israel because they're going to be really, really, really hard-headed. You're going to get really, really, really angry. You're not going to feel like a successful leader. But I want you to do what I want you to do. Yeah. You know, 
we could jump to Hosea. Hosea is an amazing book to me. I, there's no more picture of self-sacrifice than what God required of Hosea to do and continue to do to mm -hmm. seemingly just show this picture to Israel and how adulterous yeah. they were being. You imagine being yeah. called to that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, we are. We are in, in reality. But that specific call. Yeah. Yeah. That would be tough. If you don't know what we're talking about, go Tough. read Hosea. <laughs> Tough. Yeah. It, well, yeah, okay, be, fine. Be it would be impossible, difficult. but by the grace of God, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's what everything boils to down your, to. You'd never seek to find yourself to be put in that situation. Oh, no. And on the outside, we would say, no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> but how many things in your life have you faced, not knowing you were going to face them, but you look back and you say, man, God was good. I don't know how I got through that, but God did that, you know, in me. Well, I mean, let's be real in all of this, though. It, it's as you, opposed to fake. If you look at our, if you look at our lives, we, we are Gomer, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. we just are. That that's, See, that's the picture of that book because everybody yeah. thinks they're Hosea and we're not, not. We're not Hosea. Yeah, that's God. <laughs> Gomer. Yeah, and, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how often do we find ourselves doing something stupid? Right, saying something stupid all the time. Yeah, like I said something stupid yesterday. Yesterday, <laughs> I'm I'm sure we're 20 minutes into this podcast. I'm pretty sure I've said a whole number of stupid things. <laughs> I haven't been up too long so far, so <laughs> the day's still young, man. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it will be. Yep. But it's it's just interesting, you know, because as I think about that, you know, we we just we don't even realize it doesn't even occur to us, and and I I lump me in this, even though I'm saying this right now. I mean, mm. we don't realize how much how much we get it wrong, mm -hmm. right? And it's not until the Holy Spirit says, hey, you remember that? And you're like, oh, right? <laughs> like, yeah. man. We don't, we don't practice offering grace to others when we ourselves want that grace oh, no doled, doled out in abundance, but we don't practice giving that same grace to others when, yeah, you know, we see the flaws that they have or whatever. Yeah, cover brother's yeah. sins, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But so... The, the call of the Christian life is to come and die. Die to self. Let Christ be in you, right? And you be in mm. Christ. It's this concept of abiding, right? Discipleship yeah. is not necessarily doing. Doing is the outworking of being, right? If and we always want to go to the doing fast because that's something we can produce to see evidence, I guess. We do, and the doing... I don't want to get too deep in the philosophical yeah. weeds today, but but the the doing. So think about it, James. Um, let's see if I can get there real quick. Um, let's see. So James says, "What good is it, my brothers? If someone says he has yeah. faith but does not have works, can that faith save him?" If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, "Go in peace." Be warmed and filled without giving mm -hmm. them things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not has work, have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. 
and I will show you my faith by my works. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what we tend to get mixed up here is, is just what James is saying. We, we demonstrate our faith. So faith is a being kind of proposition, right? We, we are believing we we are believing that Jesus is who he says he is. We we put our faith in him. That's that's more of a being than a doing, although there is a bit of an active mm-hmm. component to that. Again, trying trying not to get too deep in that. But but the works, we put them first. So what do we say? When you become a disciple, read your Bible, pray, go to church. Come church, yeah. Right. I mean that's generally what we say. Read your Bible, pray, go to church. And those are primarily it's a, it's a blockade. It was a blockade for me in my life when I got saved. Yeah. Because I started doing all those things and I was like, And nothing okay, was happening. Right. Well, yeah. Nothing. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, it's a journey, brother. It's a journey. Where? And that's true. <laughs> and that, that is know, true. You know. Yeah. That, that is certainly true that it is, it is a journey. Mm. But those things, the reading, the praying. So there's a there's a mutual benefit to each of those, right? So as you do those yeah. things, yes, you'll grow in discipleship, but, but you've got to focus on being right. You read your Bible to know who God is so that you know who to get you to are. To know him more intimately. Yeah. Yes. And then those things, the, the praying, the going to church, those come out of that, right? Mm. You, you are a disciple. And I, I know people are going, would argue with me over this, but, but discipleship is primarily, you are a disciple. You are being. You are abiding, as John says. You are abiding in Christ. Everything else is an outflow of that. I think that's provable by Scripture in what Jesus said in the directive to go, make disciples of others. And, and yeah. the reference there is like you, like it has happened to you, you are a disciple. Go make other disciples. Yeah. So I think that's certainly biblical. So let me let me continue on here. Romans 12 Um this is a long passage. We'll, uh, we'll see how much this will read. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. One another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Think about that. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs. It goes on and on. Uh, let me jump down just a little bit. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, mm-hmm. never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I mean, this whole passage talks about mm. 
you know, the first section is you are a part of a body and you have a different function than the other parts of the body, right? Mm-hmm. So um, other passages of scripture, you know, what if we're all eyes? What if we're all pinky fingers? You know, you know, what if we're all feet? Yeah. I mean, you know, we what all have we all to have do our own thing. Purpose, yeah, yeah. But yeah. at the but at the end of the day, here the second section of this of this passage, let your love be genuine. Outdo one another in showing honor. When has that been a problem in your church? Mm. That you can't make a decision because everybody's deferring to the other guy. Right? Yeah. Is that is that how it works in your church? No, I mean I'm, I'm not not trying to call them out, but but no, I, it, it I doesn't would work be, like that. It doesn't work that way in any church, mostly. Right, right, yeah, right. There's always going to be someone that stands to the front. Well, I know what to do. It's not that you can't make a decision because we're all right. showing deference to another. You can't make a decision because you got a couple sticks in the mud who want to hold up the process mm-hmm. because it's not what they think, or it's not how they would do it, or right, whatever. Right. That's not how we've always done it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's that one too. My but, my favorite part of that is do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Oh yeah, associate with the lowly. I mean that again about putting yourself in a position of humility, and I don't. I don't I, we could get into what lowly means. Does it mean poor? Does it mean whatever? I think it means uh, it encompasses a lot there. What the the lowly mean? Lowly at heart, lowly in spirit. You know, just lowly in life. Whatever but you find yourself in a position of not putting yourself over anyone, put yourself under right. everyone. Well, remember as That's Jesus, right? hard. <laughs> it is. But remember right before Jesus, um, in mm, things in Matthew, right before he's getting ready to be betrayed and go to the cross. Mm, yeah. He washes the disciples feet. Yep. And, and what does he say? got upset about that. It, yeah. And Peter's like, Lord, what are you doing? I should be washing your feet. And, and yeah. God's, and Jesus is like, look, I've got to do this for you so that you'll be truly clean. And Jesus is like, fine, wash all of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do it all, God. <laughs> yeah. But, but and, and he does that to demonstrate, you know, I did not come as a king. I did not come to rule over you. I came to show you what it means to have true freedom as you submit yourselves to others. He says, look, I didn't come. I'm your leader. I did not come to rule over you. I came to serve you. Mm-hmm. Go and do likewise, essentially, right? Yep. So that passage is is key. How often do we do that? How often do we really seek to serve others instead of seeking to have our wants, our needs, our desires, our worship preference fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we walk into the, it's not the house of the Lord. I understand the Lord lives within his Holy Spirit. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Right. I I hear it from the, you know, the deepest of academic theologians who, we're not the house of the Lord. Stop. Whatever. Stop. We understand what we're saying. It's church talk. I get it. You come to church when when you're worshiping with others, you walk in the door and you find five things to that that's not to your liking. Your your heart's in the wrong place. Yeah, you're singing worship and and the room is filling up with with voices and and communing together and worshiping God. And you have a problem with a genre of style of music. Yeah. You have a heart problem. Yeah, and and I, you know, that's hard to hear. Yeah, it's hard for me to hear, you know, and understand and put put that in context. But 
uh, at least according to these passages, this is a great passage, by the way. I'm glad you picked this one. Well, it gets even better, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, God's word always gets better, my brother. <laughs> so, so let's continue on just a little bit here. In Ephesians 5, and we generally think of this as the wives submit to your husband's passage, right? That's that's where yeah, we get yeah. that's where we get hung up in Ephesians five is wives submit to your husbands because well, I don't submit to anybody. Blah blah blah. Really? I'm American. <laughs> but, but I live in America. That's right. But in 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 uh, Ephesians five, uh, verse fifteen, li- listen to what uh, Paul writes. He says, "Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise." making the best use of the time because the days are evil, redeeming the time. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. For Christ. And it's this submission for the glory of God, right? Submission for the glory of God. So, you know, we get hung up on the wives submit to your husbands, but we don't really think about what it means for a husband to love his wife as Christ loved the church. What did Christ do? We talked for, about. What did Christ do for his people? Right, he died for them. <laughs> he died for them. He endured brutal punishment. Mm-hmm. They hung him on a cross, and we get hung up with women submitting to their husbands. Well, the picture here <laughs> is this. We talked about this in our, our Bible study uh, last week, in fact. It, you, you may not use the word submit there, but it is definitely the implication of Christ went to the cross and put himself under and physically took the sin of the whole world. Mm-hmm. So what are you to do, man? It says submit there, wives submit to the husbands, but what is the man supposed to be doing? Not well, maybe submit in the same as giving up a leadership role to the wife and who leads, but you're definitely putting yourself under your wife in certain roles in certain areas. Well, right? everything you so, do is for her good, right? Right. I mean, you want to lead her and your family ultimately in ways that every that everyone in your household will flourish, right? And not leading, and it's it's against the bravado, the American bravado of oh, what it yeah. means to be a man. Yeah, Jesus was not that, nor was Jesus a pacifist where he let everyone roll over him. <clears throat> you mean he didn't have a AR-15 strapped to him at all times? <clears throat> he had a whip because <laughs> he went into the temple. That may have been the AR-15 of the day. Was it concealed? No. Did he break the law? I, and <laughs> disclosure, I'm being completely jokeful with that. Um, no, Jesus got angry at what made God angry. And Jesus was a particular one who had the authority to go and do things like that, uh, whereas we are not, right? Right. If right. you go back and read the Romans passage we just went through, where in it does it give us a measure of acting out and defending God's honor or, or taking vengeance upon ourselves? I've heard people say, well, yeah, vengeance is God, but he's using me as an instrument. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's not. It'd be hard to claim that. 
and I don't, you didn't tie this in, you didn't sew this into this, but I, I'm a big sovereignty of God person. Yep. We also lose touch with many times simply, you do understand God has control of all yeah. things. Yeah. Doesn't need me to step no. in there. So No, he does. He doesn't have control of me. It's my right. free will. And, yeah. <laughs> Moses. Let's see where that example. gets us. <laughs> yeah. Moses, for example, God had a plan. He knew, of course he knew people were going to rebel. Yeah. Where Moses got in trouble was it offended him that the people were doing against God's will. That's okay. Yeah. But he acted in an anger to try to change it himself. Yeah. And, and in a way, you know, really just disobeying he God. He did not regard God's command as holy. Right. He didn't regard it as holy for himself, but yeah. he wanted others to regard. And that's the position we find ourselves in. We get so mad because people are not obeying God. We act out and disobey God by our own actions. Yeah. But we okay. want others to obey. Yep. Right. So yeah. Sorry. Well it comes back to, to that way. It comes back to we want more grace than we're willing to give. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. So let's kind of put a bow on this. Um I love oh, the Psalm. Okay. I love this Psalm one thirty three passage. Um Yeah. Because this is where it really kind of impacts our worship, right? It says, Behold how good it and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. I mean, how good it is when we dwell in unity. Mm-hmm. I mean, Scripture's pretty pretty clear there. It's when we're together, there's life, right? When we're divided... There's there's not life. <laughs> I mean, you think but about there has no opportunity for there's no opportunity for life to grow. So to if be, you th- if you think through the Old Testament, right, everywhere that they are not together, when they're grumbling against one mm-hmm. another, that's never good, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> no. As Moses is leading them, it's never good when they start grumbling. And it seems like they grumbled the entire time. By the way, <laughs> the entire time. Yeah they they didn't grumble. When they were in a bad way, but as soon as they were secure, it started again, right? Yeah. <laughs> and see, this is why I wish more people would dig into the Old Testament, because if nothing else, if nothing else, it shows us how we um, how we really are in relation to God. Mm. It shines a spotlight right into our hearts right into our very souls of our own selves, who we are. Not, we don't see that judgment light on others. Although, you know, there might be some things we see, but at the end of the day, God knows my heart better than I know my heart. Right. But that light, when it shines in and illuminates the darkest corners of my heart, the darkest corners of my mind, uh, Man, I mean, that's what the Old Testament does for us. Mm. Oh, I just wish we could go back to Egypt, man. We had meat and we had <laughs> onions and we had garlic. And death. <laughs> and hard, hard labor. Yeah. Slavery. And God is providing for you. All you have to do is go pick it up. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is go pick it up. 
They wanted meat. God said, fine, I'm tired of you complaining. You'll eat so much quail that it will come out of your ear holes. <laughs> ear holes. <laughs> Get so tired of it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened, right? There's so much quail, the land stunk. Mm. But we get so caught up in thinking that we're right and that nobody can tell me how to do it. When scripture says how good it is when brothers dwell in unity. Think about think about scripture as a whole. This is one of the things that I liked so much about the gospel project that, that Lifeway does and kind of filtering in that whole teaching and, and the materials and all the things. The gospel project points you to God. Right as the author from Genesis to yeah. Revelation, when you think about how we speak of the Bible in, in Sunday schools and small groups, we always point about the heroism of man. Yeah. Isaac and Jacob and Abraham and, and John the Baptist and the disciples, and yes, they had frailties, but yes, they win the day. And it's kind of that westernized, yeah. heroic thought yeah. yep. of good overcoming evil. When really that's not the case, we are all over here on the evil. Yeah, and God yeah, is the God, God is, is the sole good. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes we unfairly—that's what happens when we paint the story or the 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 Bible in those small stories. David yeah. killed Goliath. He came in because he did not. You know, the, the men of Israel were standing around shaking, but David came in and did this. David didn't come in and do anything. God did that through David. Yeah. David wouldn't have been able to do it because why? We see later on in his life the sin that was there the whole yeah. time. Yep. You know, so I don't know. Put that in there for where it's worth. I just we <laughs> paint we paint ourselves too much in the scope of scripture as if it's our doing that's helping all this grow and it's not. Yeah. Not at all. So as we boil this down now as as we we wrap this up Let's let's tie it specifically to worship ministry. Yep. So this is where I really get chapped. <laughs> when when I hear I can't worship because of blank. Ah, fill in the blank. You know what it is. It could, look, it could be anything. I it can't is. worship sometimes because yeah. there are drums. I can't worship because mm-hmm. there's not drums. I can't worship right. because there's a guitar. I can't worship because there's not a guitar. I can't worship because the choir didn't sing. I can't worship because the choir did sing. I can't worship because that sermon was horrible. <laughs> Look, that's a heart problem. You said it earlier. Our hearts are in the wrong mm-hmm. place. If you say anything other than I can't worship because my heart is not in the right place, you're wrong. Exactly. Exactly. And that's for me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I stand on that stage and I'm I'm checked out and I, I don't I'm not man, this morning's worship just wasn't good. Yeah. If I'm saying that about myself, yeah. My heart's in the wrong place. Yeah. My my approach yeah. to this whole thing is wrong. Yep. 100%. Some of the best times of worship has been where there's been mistakes and errors and you know, metronomes go off and, you know, I mean, all these things that we talk about it all the time, but God moves in such a way. So I, we have the wrong version or vision of what, of what that is. And you're right. When we come in and we say, I don't like this contemporary song because it's not the hymns that I used when I was younger. Your heart's in the wrong place. Yeah. Would agree I, with that. 
and and the vice versa come in the door we're singing a hymn i don't like this hymn and i I think we should use contemporary your heart's in the wrong place yeah you're making it about something that it was never it's a straw man argument in my opinion yeah building an argument just to tear it down yeah so that you can tear it down yeah yeah so you can tear it down yeah it that, that that's what is, the 90s were about by the way yeah. <laughs> worship wars that is where i really struggle though yeah. with anything yeah. i don't care what you put in that blank if it's anything other than your heart mm. it's it's wrong and your heart is not in the right place that is the bottom line right there um think about this even if you say the only way that i can worship is with right uh, okay uh, still even though you're saying I can't, I am able to, that's still the wrong thing. I'm able to worship because of God's grace. And it's all for his glory. That's it. That's think, all you can say. Think, think about this. If if Do you really think in the days of the temple in the Old Testament, do you really think there was anybody, I'm sure there probably was, anybody walk in the temple and say, Oh, God, that guy's playing the harp again today. <laughs> He's playing the stringed lute, or you know the the lure and the the, the all the instruments around. He, I can't stand this. I can't come into the. Te- no, they came into the temple because of obedience. Yeah. God said, "This is the way you come worship me. Do it. Bring an animal, kill it, splatter the blood on the altar." Yes, there was the, all the other elements of the things. Nobody walked in and said, "Well, I don't I'm just blood splatter stuff." I mean, I, what, what is all this about? No. <laughs> I'm sure there were people that complained in their own way, oh, no doubt. but this is how spoiled rotten we have become as a world today in 2022 of worshiping God, not just America or Western world, everybody. This is how spoiled we've gotten to be. So here is, here's the fix. All right. Very good. simple. Very simple. Here's the fix. I'm going to make a clip of this and put it on the internet. Okay, please do. Here, here's the fix. <laughs> Danny Pointer, fix it. Go ahead. Be a disciple. Be. And by being, you grow in faith. You grow in your love for God. You grow in your Christ-likeness. You grow in your holiness, right, by being. And part of that being is mutual submission. I give up here. here. You have what I want. I give it to you. Mm -hmm. Take it and do what you want with it. It's not because about because Christ did that for you. It's not about me. Take yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I'm here to worship because you're here to worship. And we do it for God's glory. Mm. It's all about deferring ourselves, deference of self, deference giving of self. ourselves, dying to self so that others will see God's glory. Thereby, they become that same person, the person of Christ, and that repeats itself. Yeah, that's really good. It's really not, but (laughs) (laughs) but God is good. The word in it is good. (laughs) We we make it so hard. We make it so hard. We make it about ourselves. That's when it gets hard. Like Christ. Yeah, and and it's. That's simple to say and so hard to do. Mm. Be. There's your word for the week. Be. Be. (laughs) Little John says, abide in Christ. 
I was talking to my son. We we were talking about how like his mommy grew up, and Angel and I joke about this all the time. There was a particular time when her dad had told her to do something. It was like stop <laughs> jumping on the couch, and she sat down and she was like, you know, I might not be jumping out outside, but I'm I'm jumping on the couch inside. Jumping on the in inside. My heart. There is, and we tell our kids this all the time. Obedience is not just an action. So don't walk in your sanctuary, your your place of worship with your arms folded and I'm not going to participate. There's there's a level of oh and I'm just coming to be obedient to yeah. God, just yeah. showing up at church because you're really not. We tell our kids that. Right. It is finding a place in your heart where you totally like you said giving it, submitting it over to God. God, I am here to worship you in yep. whatever capacity that is. When you have a room, if you have a room full of that, it's 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 just glorious. Your and worship God will receives be glory. Sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. And God lets us be part of that out of His goodness, not because we deserve to see it or deserve to be part of it. And that's where I want to be. Yeah, I don't care if yeah. you sing something from the twelve hundreds. You sing yeah. Martin Luther from the fourteen hundreds. I don't care if yep, you sing no song from last week. Yep. Bethel from well maybe Bethel. <laughs> <laughs> Some Bethel, I'll use Bethel. Yeah, from time to time I do, but but yeah. you know what I mean. I don't care what you're singing, as long good. as it's good, as long as right. it's scriptural. I, that's where I want to be. That's where yep. I want to be. I don't care what instruments you use. I don't care what choir you use. I don't care if you sing with no music. But that is where I want to be, right? And that's where I want to lead my people to be, right? And ultimately, you know, that does fall on me. As as one called to do this work, right to lead people to be that, right. right. You you got to lead it by example. Show yep. people that. But in in every conversation you have, you can't be Moses and blow up yep. because someone's difficult. You you you've <laughs> got to try to teach this. That's where I yep. I sometimes have have fallen. I get frustrated and get upset and yep. I, you know just don't want to answer that because it's the same question over and over. Yep. Why can't we do this or why can't we do that? but it's a process of teaching people to come to this place. Right. Yeah. I, as I, as I've read through, uh, the old Testament, particularly Exodus, um, uh, more, give more or less. Anyway, um, I've highlighted everywhere it says, and the people grumbled against Moses. There's a lot of highlighting in there. I was gonna say, you're gonna run out of ink, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's our issue, right? Is we get tired of that. We get tired mm. of people complaining. We get tired of this. But but just like Moses did, Moses loved them. He interceded on their behalf. God, I know they're stubborn. I know they're hard-hearted. I know they're hard-headed. Forgive them. Don't destroy them. You know, have yeah. mercy on them because they don't really understand what they're doing. Uh, that's Moses where we are. Moses was mad that's for, for, for a very good, I would say, I think Moses was mad for a very good reason when he struck the rock as opposed to speak to the rock. Oh, no doubt. He just disobeyed God in doing that. He let it push him to disobey yeah. God. And that's where you as a leader, I as a leader, others out there, live peaceably. All the things of Romans that we, we talked about, but at the same time, we're, we're given this leadership role. We cannot let ourselves get to the point to where we disobey God. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. So think about that Moses yeah. passage there. Yeah. Where he was disobedient, where he struck the rock. Think about how much the people grumbled. Think about how justified he was in being mad. Mm-hmm. 
but it cost him the promised land. Now, I might argue a little bit against it cost him the promised land because it just meant he got to be with Christ sooner, right? Or with, with yeah. God sooner. It got him I there. I mean, God literally could have said, I got you. I, I know you're mad. You disobeyed me, so this is happening, but I'm going to bring you home to me earlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so bad, I don't have right? I deal with this anymore? No, I'm just kidding. But but there's there's a lot of implications there with that. But think about that, though. I mean, how often when we get mad at our people, do we pray for them? Mm-hmm. And we, how often do we pray? We might actually pray a lot for them, but how often is that prayer that they'll see it my way? <laughs> yeah, I, I've gotten more in the habit now. It's not habit, but I've gotten more now to where, yeah, you feel that inside. But if when, when a situation comes like that, and this maybe is just older having experienced some things, being in ministry for a while, I find if I get my head immediately into um, trying to meet them halfway, understand what they're talking about, look by all the anger, but see what they're talking about. Is there a valid point? Do they have a valid thing? And if not, really just digging in and praying for myself to not react wrongly or and, and be understanding, be the Romans, you know, the 12 that we talked about, or not 12, but yeah, Romans 12. Um, but just trying to, and we've talked about, we had a podcast on this, how to respond and do things like that. Yeah. But if I quickly get there, instead of just meditating in my own anger, Mar- that's when it builds I think you'd be up, marinating. Right? <laughs> marinating. What did I say? You said meditating, but I think marinating is a much better anger, word. Yeah. I don't know. Stew in it. probably meditated the heck out of that stuff. He just went to see God. He yep. saw God as close as anybody has ever seen God, you know, the glory passing by. And then yep. he has to come back here and deal with this. Yep. See, <laughs> we're, we're going off on a riff now, but that happens in a very small microcosm way to me. You'll go from a funeral. You'll go from meeting with a, a couple in marriage counseling, dealing with the issues, that are, and then you walk into church on Sunday and says, why can't we play him? <laughs> And you're like, I, I I get what Moses is thinking. Look, look you stiff neck people. <laughs> yeah, look what we just look what ministry God is doing in our yeah. church right now. Yep. And you're worried about that. Yep. But in myself, I've got to say, you know what? Maybe I'm not teaching well enough. Maybe I'm not doing the things that I need to do to show forth this unity. Yep. And stuff like that. I can't break unity if I'm expecting someone else to be unified. And, right? and where are my hangups, right? Let's be real. Yeah. Because you yeah. got them. They're oh, there. Yeah. yeah. Where, where are they? Can I pinpoint them? Well, man, that's that's good good discussion today. Uh, like I said, I was trying really hard not to be preachy with that, but I don't think you have a choice in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know what? I, I mean, the heart of the matter is the heart of the matter, right? <laughs> That's profound. <laughs> the heart of the matter is the heart of the matter. It's, but but the heart is your heart, right? It's my heart. Yeah. It's the heart of the people in the church. And we've got to recognize that in ourselves. And I think in doing so, as we submit ourselves to Christ and his lordship, we will be better prepared to see it and get past it in others mm. right to to forgive it whether they've asked for forgiveness or not but to let it go right. and for god's glory move on 
God is sovereign. Amen. I'm not. It's probably best that way. Hallelujah. <laughs> man. So what are you singing Sunday, man? All right. I'm get my phone back on the visual. So uh, a little bit old school. I got some some mixing up and some things to do. We we lost our our, our acoustic guitar player, our regular acoustic guitar players. So we got some mixing up and some things going on. Uh, missing a drummer Sunday, so uh, we're doing faithful now. Hang, hang on now. Are you filling those gaps with Ableton, or what are you doing? I'm just going acoustic. So what okay. my my two electric guitar players are doing one's one's bringing a twelve string. He's got okay. a 12, twelve string tra- Taylor. Okay. The other. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to tune that. The, um, <laughs> my rhythm guitar player is bringing just a another acoustic. So we're doing acoustics. With a small bass fill okay. and keys. Okay. So, Good. Uh, faithful now. So I love it. I'm no drum tracks. Just go through it a little bit of acoustic. Yeah. It almost feels like a new song, right? Yeah. Acoustic. Acoustic. Uh, <laughs> Blessed be your name, which we have not used in like a year and a half. So hush. <laughs> the, Blessed be the name you, Lord. You give and take away. Yeah. yeah. You give and take away. Okay. Uh, in Christ alone, which we haven't used uh-huh. in quite a while. Yeah. And then... Um, 10K reasons. 10K reasons. Are you going to put it in your, <laughs> put it on the screen that way? Yeah. Bless the Lord on my soul. 10K reasons for my heart to find. We have gotten in the habit of not showing titles of songs. And I don't know why. It just kind of happened that way. And I wasn't paying attention to it. But somebody approached me several weeks ago and was like, is there any way we can get the titles of these songs put up there before we sing them? <laughs> yes, Absolutely. <laughs> I want you to know what you're singing. So yeah, so we, you know, I put all that out every week in an email. I use the public side of Planning Center so that people can see it. Oh yeah, yeah. And if there's, I, 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 I and do if there's all new that, stuff, I, I like that because they can listen to it. I put all the links in there mm-hmm. for the song. But, oh, shoot, uh, I send them YouTube. I send them YouTube links in our emailer. Yeah, well, I, what what goes out in hours in our in our weekly email is a link to our two different services. Now I don't do this at eleven o'clock because there's just so much out there for hymns mm-hmm. that. It would be really hard to give anything even remotely close, but yeah. for our contemporary service, I mean, we're our versions are based off of recordings, right? Because we right. use tracks and all that stuff. Um, so I have a link to Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and Amazon. yeah, me too. I, I'd put all Yay. those out there for people. So, just if you're not doing that, for those of you listening, worship leaders very easy simple kind of thing to do so the people know what they're singing and if it's a new one they can yeah. be listened to it beforehand all right i got people that will text me hey if if like <laughs> i put a sunday set list up on friday it went up this morning what we're singing sunday yeah and if I, if i don't get it up people will be texting me hey what are we singing sunday <laughs> so it never fails that um, i forget to turn the public view of that on yeah and I love my mom. She would text me every week. Hey, mom. I know right away that it that I missed that link. She's like, hey, it's not working. I'm like, oh, really? Because it's working for me. Of course, I've gone and turned it on. She's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that. It's so funny. It's a little dance that we do because I'm forever forgetting to hit that link. But yeah. uh, uh, all right, here we go. So contemporary, we're doing I Thank God. That's a Maverick City deal. I thank God. Yep. But, but we've cut it in half. Yeah, it's like eight minutes. It's, yeah. it's a little over eight minutes, and we're doing about four minutes of it. We're cutting out all the bridges and all the really repetitive parts. Um, 
just because it just goes on and on. Uh, I thank God, living hope, death was arrested, and I'm going old school on you here. Oh, praise the name. See, our church loves that song. Yeah. I, if I don't do that for a while, well, I got people that will yeah. ask me for it. <laughs> Come banging on the door. Can we sing old hey, well, they say there? that. They say that Anastasia song. I'm like, Anastasis? Anastasia. <laughs> Disney Princess. It's Disney Princess, yeah. Uh, hey, I'm really going old school. We're closing up with all the blood on that one. Uh, Joby. Jo- Carrie Joe. Carrie Joe, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I'm kind of all over the place, actually, in my uh, traditional service. A Mighty Fortress. Good song. We're going very... um, Very Reformation. uh, Reform proper, if you will, to good old revivalistic leaning on the everlasting arms. Uh, half faith in God. Yeah, we'll sing that in there too. Uh, we'll close up with "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Have faith in God. Have faith in God. He's yep. on the throne. Have faith in God. He watches, he watches or his own. Oh, he never, <laughs> yeah. See, I haven't heard that in probably ten years, and I, I, I yeah. It's amazing how it hangs on, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's good stuff, man. Thanks uh-huh. for thanks for the conversation today. Even where maybe I. Tried to drag us a little in the no, weeds. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> but uh, man, I appreciate you. Thanks for thanks for all the work you do and for leading your church and for trying to be what God's called you to be. Right? I mean, yeah. I pray that for all of us that we will be what God's called us to be. That we'll be the person He's called us to be. That we will live with His purpose, and that we will do so in holiness and do it all for His glory. Yeah. That's the piece that we miss most often is for his glory. So keep that in mind and the rest will come closer to falling in place, right? Yeah. <laughs> Put yourself with the lowly. Yep. Associate with the lowly. Well, brother, I appreciate you praying for you this week. For those of you out there, um, we're praying for you as well. Certainly, if there's anything we can help with, anything that we can we can assist you with, info at thecomplaintdesk.com info at thecomplaintdesk.com. You can check out our website. That is still under construction because all I have been doing is reading and writing, not websiting. So, um, but you can certainly get to us that way as well. But uh, we appreciate you listening. We're praying for all of you. And if there's anything that we can do for you, please reach out and let us, let us know what we can do. But uh, God bless you all. Thank you for being a part of our podcast today. And we will see you next week. Y'all have a good one.